Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from boxing to business. Fighting Manny Pacquiao is is an experience. It's not a fight. Mindset to money. I, I think any business, you have to make it someone's third place. Speaking to some of the world's most interesting people. Right, so that would be considered an example of a biohack, where like I'm hacking my biology. From Sutherland, England, now living in Los Angeles, California. You put him in the ring with me in his day, and I'm talking his best day, and I'm 50 right now. I will knock him no. out. Here's your host, 2008 Olympic medalist and former undefeated professional boxer, Tony Jeffries. Where? Back, we're back. Me and Mr. Six Figure Holmes. It's been a long time since we've done a podcast together. I think the regular listeners will really enjoy this. And if it's your first time listening, welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about boxing and life. On this episode, I get into Instagram, how I've just reached 100,000 followers and what I did to get there and how it's uh, kind of affecting business as well. So if you're into Instagram and you're into social media, you should definitely listen to this. Also, we talk about the most surprising thing in running a business, guns. What do you think about guns? If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know how I think about them. So we talk about that and we talk about our experience in Florida last year when we met a load of men who was very aggressive with us, who loved guns, and we give them our opinion and it nearly, nearly ended up weird <laughs> we also talked about on the road how glenn's just getting back from being on the road with 21 pilots one of the biggest uh, bands in the world right now he's just had an amazing experience with them so we'll get into that owning a home or renting a home which one is better financially i've always thought it was owning a home but we get some advice off a guy who tells us that renting a home is better and he tells us why so listen out for that What's it like living in LA? I get really honest with finances on this as well. I'll talk about that. Also, we break down the big, big, big fight with two big, big men, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. We break that down. Talk about Spence Garcia. Then while we were recording the podcast, it's funny what happened. We start talking about Pacquiao and Broner. And then in walks Rashad Holloway, one of... Broner's very good friends, also former spawn partner of Manny Pacquiao. So we'll pull him on the podcast. This is at the end. We pull him on the podcast and we talk to him about it. So yeah, this is a great episode. If you like the show, please leave us a re- review on iTunes. Uh, here it is, the Box Knife Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries, and Glenn Six Figure Holmes. Enjoy. This is Glenn's in the podcast. Tweet the podcast. We're back. Glenn's back. We're back. The Boxing Life podcast is back. I don't know how long for, but it's back and it's back. And I've missed doing them. And the, uh, the reason why we haven't been doing them is because we've been time. We've been traveling the world. Right, Glenn? Non-stop. Non-stop. I don't remember the last time I had like a full week in LA. It's been that long. Yeah, yeah. It's been... Uh, it's been great. We've got loads to talk about, like yeah. loads. Uh, since since the last podcast, I mean, the last one I released was with Shark, the boxing burn trainer. But before that, I can't even remember. But Shark's the boy, by the way. Shark's the man. He's the top man. If you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to it. He's yeah. the top boy. Great story. Ukrainian mafia. <laughs> <laughs> Looks so like it. Just a quick story on him. Uh, whenever we have an intern coming in the gym or a new trainer or whatever, we tell them that Shark's Ukrainian mafia. Yeah. And that he was in inside for a while after he killed someone. And Who all was that. it was telling that? Because Shark, he, he looks like a beast, bald head, beard, tattered up. Like, 
and he's got that Ukrainian Russian yeah. style where he's like doesn't smile like a lot. He does when you know him. Yeah. But like you might you might come across like that. But it's really believable that that would be a true story. It was, it? It was one of the interns. Um, I think it was Isaac. When Isaac came over, I was like, mate, by the way, he, he killed a few people with his bare fists and all that. And Isaac was like, no. I was like, mate, he did. That's why he's out here. He's getting away from it. Yeah, and Isaac was like, wow, oh, it's funny. Yeah, so listen to our podcast. But one of, one of the nicest men. Yeah, I've one met. of the best. He's, he's great. He's great. So since the last time we've done this, uh, someone reached 100k on Instagram, didn't they? Oh, here we go. Yeah, someone reached 100k <laughs> why, on Instagram. Why did I know that that would be the first thing we're going to talk no, about? We spoke shark and then the second <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah, so... So yeah, you're at 100k. Not only verified, got 100k. Yeah. And you're still And I'm still waiting for me blue tick. And you're slamming, you've got 100 people. <laughs> um, Do I look bothered? But you know what, right? And we, and what's changed a lot since I've gotten this big on Instagram now and on social media is, and I'm not bullshitting, is that I get recognised from people more. Like if you listen to this, you probably obviously know who I am and you would recognise if I walked on the street, but for the for the general public, you know, it's like, I was down Third Street the other week where I was last and some lad, ah, oh, I follow you on Instagram, I see you boxing. You love videos. that stuff, don't you? And I'm like, so, I, yeah, of course. So I'm like, all right, Sam, I've got a picture of him and his mates and all that. Then I left and I, and I said, oh, well, that's like, God, these people. And she just laughed because she knows, like, oh, I'm all over that shit. But the reason why it's grew, there's a couple of reasons. And take this on board, people, if you're in business or if you're in this industry, is I'm just giving value out. Everything's just value. By meaning, if you watch my videos, you'll learn something new. You get entertained, you get educated. And it's inspiring some people as well. And I think that's what you need to do. Well, I don't think that is what you need to do to, to, to grow your brand, your niche, whatever you mean. That's, that's what you talk about in your keynote at the academies. Anytime you're putting anything out, is it educating people? Is it inspiring people? Is it entertaining people? Yeah, if right. you get all three in one, exactly. that's it. It's going it's yeah. to grow. Uh, and so, of course, what happens there is I'll put an education video out. It might be how to get more power into your left hook. And people will love it they'll comment on it and they'll like it and then it gets onto the popular page then people who don't know who I am I've never seen this before it's on their popular page they explore on Instagram and then people will, will see that they'll click on it like oh who is this guy and they'll see the other ones and it's like whoa his account's full of, full of uh, education stuff like this and it's just grew just blew up it's about finding a niche too because I remember for a while like before you following like really like exploded you were kind of like, oh, what should I post about? There's like a bit of this, bit of that. Right. And there was no real like pattern or theme to it. Yeah. And then once you developed a pattern and a theme and figured out like, right, this is what I'm going to do. This is what's getting attention. I'm just going to run with it. And then the more you keep doing that, like it, you've seen it, it just snowballs and then other pages start sharing it. And then it all just filters into a big uh, snowball effect. Yeah. Uh, and like the th like things that, that I'll, obviously I love doing that and putting that content out there, but things like me family, I would never post a picture of my kids now because... Well, I, I said that to you a while ago. You'd, you'd post that quite often. And I'd be like, I, I never post anything like that. It's like, because to, to you it's good and it matters, but honestly, to, to uh, Mohammed in Pakistan who just wants to get better at boxing, yeah. he, he do not care about what your kids look like, does no. he? He just wants to see you doing some fancy footwork drills yeah. so he can go and do them in his gym. No, that's totally right as well. And I, I guess it's... What do you what do you want from it? So I've got a I've got a private account as well. I've got I've got an account. I'm not telling you my name on it, but like it's just for my friends and family. Where I blast, I'll put ten pictures out out at once of my kids and videos, and I don't add any one to it. I've got like 
15 followers, me yeah. people back on home, you know, and it's like a photo album for myself. And and then I've got the obviously the one that I'm, I'm building up and growing. And, you know, it's, it's like that book, Gary, a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk, you've probably heard of him, has got a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. It's got nothing to do with boxing, but it's talking about give, 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 and then ask. So that's what I'm doing on, on, on my Instagram is I'm giving, 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 giving loads of value out. And then when it's time to ask for something, boom, that's the right hook. I'm asking. I've already built that emotional relationship with them. And now they, they, might, they might buy from us, you know? Yeah. And I'm about to launch something before Christmas uh, where I'm going to be asking, throwing that right hook where I'm teaching people how to box, how to throw a perfect jab, how to throw that hook the body, how to cut the ring down, how to uh, get when you're inside, how to work inside, all this sort of stuff, this knowledge that I've got from over the years. I'm going to put that into a package and, and, and put it out there and then try and that's the right hook. And, you know, I've given people that much value yeah. in, 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 the, in the last year. But the reason why you'll probably do well with that is because it's not like, it's not like your main mission is just to like, oh, I just want to make some money off these videos. No, it's it like, is. No, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, but, you know what I'm saying? No, it's I know like, what you're saying. It's you, not. You, you, you want to help people. I know you do. I'm really passionate about helping people and, you know, the, and that's why I'm, I'm really love doing this right now. And, uh, yeah, so that package will be coming out before Christmas. I'm going to do an early bird on it. And, uh, That'll be some good stuff, by the way, if anyone's like an amateur boxer listening or uh, just learning to, to learning when you pick up your skills or you're thinking about you you want to box or you, you're a coach and you've got amateur fighters or whatever it might be, like that, what stuff that you're going to yeah. put out because you've told me a bit about it. Um, it's going to be like top notch good it value is. it is I, I'm, I'm going to give it everything with it you know because like I said I've got all this knowledge up there I want to give it up. I do love love helping people and giving them value uh, I, I don't know why it's took us so long it's like the Instagram it's took us like you've just said there I wasn't, didn't know what I was doing before yeah it, it's something it, so simple it, if you, I know but if you think about it you've had to run two gyms you've started an education program travelling you know what I mean it's yeah. like you've had a lot to, to do as well but now things are settling down with the businesses a bit you can start focusing on your own brand a little bit too yeah. there's a guy called uh, Jamie Alder Alderton he's called uh, Grenier J on Instagram at Grenier J and he's got this video making app course on there I was telling you about it. It was, it's really really good that app is called uh, oh, the video leap Video Leap. Yeah. I recommend you get that app at Video Leap. Uh, I, you've got, I think you've got, I think I paid for it. You've got to pay for a subscription, but it's really, really good. And he gives you a course on that, how to take your videos to the next level. So I recommend that as well. And if you, if you tell him that you heard it from, from me, he'll probably give you some discount. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now I'm really famous on Instagram and all that. You know, <laughs> what? so another thing how, how we got big on Instagram is by paying people, paying influencers to post about me and sending my comment I know you've done it a few times as well where yeah. you are f f the follow Tony Jeffries for more great videos like this there's a lot of boxing influencer pages out there they've got hundreds of thousands of followers they get a lot of views on their stuff and, and some of them will be willing to share your content if it's good content and it's and you know it's realistic and it's something that they would want to put on their page they'll be willing to um, you, you know like let you pay them and, and they'll share it on their page and then once they share that you'll see like your following just grow and yeah. spread because then you get into a wider audience um, and and it could be in any industry like if you're in a different industry if you're in photography or whatever it might be if you're putting quality content out there there's influencers on Instagram in every industry find them reach out to them and ask them to post your content and if they like it and it's good content there's no reason why they wouldn't yeah. accept but, because you know. what happens as well is 
they'll post your content if it's good. So let's say it's a, a photography and they've got a great picture and they'll post that and they'll see a follow mm. at Jojo Kosh for, <laughs> if that's the photographer, uh, for, for more pictures like this. And they'll put it on their page and because they've got a big following that will do really well, they'll get on the, the Explore page, they'll gain followers from your post and they're making a bit of money as well. Yeah. So it's like a win-win-win. Yeah. Everyone wins. Definitely. You know? yeah. So yeah, I'll reach out to them and, and try and get them to do it. And that's really took my shit to the next level. It really has. Um, what my plan is with social media is just to get verified. <laughs> Got absolutely no chance, mate. <laughs> You're the, your best chance of getting verified is by being friends with me. So, you know, <laughs> stay friends with me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, I'm excited with that new project. I've been, I've been wanting to do that. And a, a big thing that's motivated is, and I want to be transparent here and honest, is, I know you said you're not doing it for the money, but I, I, need, I need more money. I really do. <laughs> like, uh, I, I need to think of ways to, to, to get more money. I'm not just doing it for the money. It's something I love. And it's, again, it's a win-win. People just want to become better at boxing. They're going to get some of my knowledge. I'm going to get a few good in my pocket. Uh, and the reason why I'm really motivated for this now is because I've been looking at houses to to buy in this town, which is absolutely fucking ridiculous. But didn't you just show me a video the other day about how buying a house is a yeah. waste of money? <laughs> right, yeah, so we can talk about that as well. So right now I live in a townhouse, which is like, it's got like four or five floors uh, and I need I need an extra couple of bedrooms because I've got loads of kids. Because you've got like 17 kids. <laughs> I know. And the rest of your family and everyone who comes over from England stays at your house. It's You've room. got about 20 people in your house at all times. I know. No wonder you need a bigger house. <laughs> so, so at Christmas, I've got me mum. Do you know how many people are in my house? Yeah, you. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Smashed it. <laughs> on Christmas, I've got me mum, me two sisters, and three of their kids coming to stay with me, me wife, and my three kids. I don't know how you do it. I would, I would <laughs> lose my head. Uh, I mean, I lost my head when there was two people in the house. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so looking at these house, at these house prices, I'm, I'm motivated. It's like, I need to step my game up. And if you listen, listen, you live in Los Angeles, you know all about it. If you listen to somewhere else, like, it's, it's hard to understand. Like, you know, I went to the accountant to see him. I want, I want to get a mortgage. Mm. And he was like, all right, tell me how much you need to be earning. I said, well, I need to, well, I want to get a mortgage for a million dollars. And he went, all right. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but it does sound in ridiculous. LA, like, like to a get mil- an, a million dollar house is like, it's like nothing. If you're in a good area, just to put it in perspective, right. you know, you're going to get like a one bedroom house in a decent A one area. bedroom apartment in Santa Monica. But yeah. if, you, if you move a little bit further north in the, in the valley, like kind of around where Joe Rogan lives or that end, for a million dollars, you can get a four bedroom detached, which mm-hmm. is decent, but it's like an hour away from work. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to mortgage that. And he went, Oh, you can, but if if you if I put if I put your numbers down for this, and you're going to be earning this much, you can't write as much off. You need to pay an extra forty grand tax. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you're gonna have to pay an extra forty grand tax this year. I'm like, I'll, I'll wait. I'll yeah. stay in my townhouse, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, I need I need to make some more fucking pork. So, yeah, these houses are ridiculous. It's, it's a tough town. And then yeah. I've, I've just resigned myself to always renting. I'm all right. Especially with that video I just sent you. Yeah. So the video says like... This is interesting because... I've never heard it before, have you? I've not heard that that mentality, but like my my perspective is always like, it's a rent culture here. Because house prices are so expensive, like renting your house, lease your car, 
rent your phone like yeah. every, everything's leased and rented and borrowed and then you just you just see it as an expense for what you what you um, earn right everything's yeah. an expense and I know people and I have close friends who spent like the 20s just in hibernation who just buried their head and, and didn't do anything just to save as much as they possibly could just so they could have own a house yeah. and then the mentality was like well as soon as I own it it's going to um, appreciate and I can make money on it. I can get a bigger house and I can grow and get on, the prop- get on the property ladder and grow that way. So they're looking at a house as an investment. Right. But what was so interesting about this video is like people look at houses as investment and they're not. And, and it's, it's funny because Put on. If, if you, um, I'll try and find it in a sec. Yeah. Do you want to try and find it? Well, I'm, mine's up there. Um, but but um, if, you, if, if you look at a house as an investment, it's really not because if, say for example, um, something goes wrong, right? You've got a, a leakage or something needs fixing. Boom, ten grand gone just to fix like the roof. Oh, there's like a, a bit of flooding going on. Something needs ripping up and redoing. Yeah. Boom, ten, five, ten grand gone. Like you're just constantly pouring money into it to maintain it. Right. Um, with rent, there's, there's, uh, it's it, not. And it's like that with a car as well. Like I, I bought, I bought yep. me Range Rover, and now I'm kind of wishing I never. I've lost a ton of money on it, and. And I've got to get it serviced myself. Just cost twelve hundred to get well a new key and service twelve hundred dollars for that. Like fuck me, I'm never going to get that money back, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, and I, it's devalued twenty grand in a year and a half. Yeah, like shit. Um, this is that video. It's by a guy called uh, Grant Cardone on um He's on good. I recommend you follow him as well. Uh, but he's just basically saying that the ha- a house is the worst investment, and it's um it's pretty interesting. Yeah. You guys buying houses is dumb. You, sh- you shouldn't put money in a house. You should put money in your brand. You should put money in the marketing. You should promote yourself, not put money in where you and the kids live. Because it's dead money. I mean, it's it, it, it can't a house can't make you money. The only reason people think a house makes them money is they're comparing it to if I rent, that costs me money. But if you if you want to go to hospital, if you need to go to hospital, you don't buy the hospital. You rent a bit to get out of there as fast as you can. If you go on a trip, you go to America and you want to go to Disneyland, you don't buy the hotel. You rent a room, and nobody thinks bad poorly of that. They're like, yeah, I'm going to go there, use the place, and get out. That's what you should be doing with your living. Find a place where you can rent. Rent, rent, pay rent monthly. Don't own the house. And take all the money that you would have put in that house purchase, down payment, extra money, fixing it up. Use all that money to improve your business and yourself so that you can get more money. Yeah. Boom. Very interesting, <laughs> very interesting. I like what he said at the beginning. You can't make money in the as well. That's a lie. Look, you, you, right. I mean, clearly you can. Yeah, but, you made a free, but, make fortunes on property. <coughs> yeah, you can definitely. There's not. I don't. I don't think that's what he's saying. No, he's not. I think he's saying when people say, "Right, I've got like sixty grand saved up here. I'm just going to throw it into a down payment on an house," when they're going to live in something that's comparable to what they were renting. Right. Right. Um, then sixty grand's just gone. Yeah. And then as soon as they're in that house, they're still paying a mortgage payment, which is probably about the same amount as what they would have been paying in rent. And then if something goes wrong, like I said, the fixing up, which he mentions, that's a huge expense and it's unpredictable. That, you know, the, the upkeep of having a home or owning a house is huge. Um, it's just money it's gone. It's money it's gone. R- it's really interesting. Whereas if you'd is. have got 60 grand sat in bank account and just carried on paying your rent, which was probably the same as your mortgage payment, where you've got 60 grand sat there and you're investing it in marketing and your business and your brand and right. upscaling your business, and then that's leading to triple the income coming in and so on and so forth, right? Yeah. Then, it, then it makes sense. I love like that. Put, put that into your business. Because 
that's what he's saying. He's yeah, the, I the couldn't reassure my missus that because she's the one telling me, when are you going to house, when are you going to yeah, house? And I'm yeah. like, I mean, we're all right. It's worth thinking but about. it's just when you're paying like thousands and thousands a month. Yeah. For, which, which we to are. To exist. To ju- just <laughs> not, not when you're paying thousands and thousands a month just for rent on, on a thing. It's like, shit. Because the way we've been brought up and, and common knowledge is like, what you what you think is you need to be investing that in the house. Yeah. Where it's like, and I said, well, would, would I rather be in, paying the same money in an area where I don't really want to live? Yeah. Right? For just to own it or be in the area where I want to live yeah. and own it at the end of 30 years. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like people's tastes and opinions differ. And like I said, I know people that have done that. And my personal taste, I'd like to just always live in a nice area and have, have a nice place. And I'm happy renting to, to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's, we, we've been some nice areas, some interesting areas over the last, in America mm. uh, the last uh, the last this year do really. You, do you know the, the, what you hear a lot of as well over here and I'm sure it um, applies elsewhere is like oh, uh, if if I was paying this much a month or I had this much I could get a 10 bedroom house in, in uh, Mississippi for what I'm paying yeah. out here. It's like well, yeah, you'd be living in a mansion with a swimming pool and five garages and you could have all these cars and stuff, but what, are you going to have the career that you could have out here? Probably not. Yeah. Are you going to be able to live the lifestyle you would live out here? Probably not. Are yeah. you going to have the opportunities out here? No. You know, you, you're in Mississippi. Yeah, your it's like, a shit uh, Yeah, <laughs> and, and your next-door neighbour's husband and wife and brother and sister. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's dad's the mum. <laughs> uh, talking about big houses, so we went to a, a one... At your client's house, that party, can I mention his name or not? A little bit in Hollywood. The other week. Um, yeah, we went to a, 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 he's a, he's a high, he's a, he's an agent in the, in the film and TV industry. Yeah. And uh, we went to his house just off Sunset Boulevard about two months ago for his birthday party. Yeah, it was, it was a good, it, it was, was great. a good house. It was a beautiful house, like a big house. He had Valier parking, so you, that means you, you pull up and they'll park your car for you if you've got a car. And the guys will the, the guide you in the house. He had like about 30 staff there, and it was like loads of well known people and all that. And I remember a few drinks, and we're sitting, and it was like outside around the pool. We're sitting around the pool, and I was thinking, people were standing next to the pool, and all I could think about was pushing them in the pool. Pushing them in the pool. And then when I said to you, I was stood with my back to the pool at one point. I was like, I'm getting away from me. <laughs> feeling nervous. I know. Because that's... But, but you know that we're the only two people thinking that in yeah. the entire building. No one else cares about that stuff. Like, where we're from, like, if you stand next to a pool, it doesn't matter what you're wearing, what you've got in your pocket, <laughs> you're what you're in. carrying, you're in that pool. <laughs> so that's just, that's just stop worries. It's, it's, it's kind of like... In the gym, I've always got my pants tied. Yeah. Always. Even though earlier, no one pulled your pants down. But I'm used to getting my <laughs> pants pulled down. It's just a habit. I've got to tie the fucking string on the pants. <laughs> or they're getting swiped. And my little sausages popping out everywhere. Two, two, two grown men in their 30s who own businesses and have got kids worrying about getting our pants pulled down and getting pushed in pools. <laughs> <laughs> pull out a bit closer. That, pull out What's bit going closer. on? Yeah. So we have this party and I'm just thinking, I want to push these. Bastards in the house. <laughs> uh, how funny would that have been? What did? What, why did you bring up his, his house just because of that reason? Because houses, had a and, and that, that was a, that was a, a lovely house in mm. uh, in LA. You know, and yeah. We're, we're talking four or five million dollars, maybe more. It's only it's one of his two houses as well. He has a, a twelve million dollar one in Beverly Hills as well. <laughs> but the, the his thing, side house. <laughs> the thing with these houses in in well America is 
in the UK, we've got to pay a council tax, and I think the council tax is what area you're in. It goes up by £20 if you're in a different area. In LA, it goes off the value value of your house. You've got, do you know this? You've got to pay 1.2 or 1.3% of the value of your house in property tax a year. Right. So if it's a million dollars, you've got to pay 13000 uh, a year. A year. So it's an extra grand a month just on tax. Yeah. You know, which is like ridiculous. In England, you don't have that, right? You have council tax, which is, it's, right. I think it's like 150 a month. It's been a while since I've been there, but it's about 150 pound a month. Something like that, I might be wrong. But um, yeah, so if you've, got a, if you've got a $10 million house, which there's thousands of them in, in Los Angeles, you're paying 130 grand a year just in tax. Jeez. So you, 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 could, you could pay 10 million, you win 10 million on the lottery, Boom, buy a $10 million house. Do you, know, you need to earn this, that money to, to, to this is This is why celebrities and pe- like multi-millionaires still rent houses. Yeah. So you remember when the house that Michael Jackson died in off Sunset Boulevard, yeah. he was renting the house for like 100 grand a month. Mad. Like no. Mad Mansion. And yeah. I, I used to think, what? why is he just throwing money away like that on rent? Mm-hmm. He, could, he could buy that house if he wanted. And then I, I never really got it because I didn't know that then. But yeah, that house that he died in, I think he was paying like over 100 grand a month in rent. And it makes sense now because if he'd have bought an house, he would have been paying that ridiculous amount of tax on it, you know? Yeah, it's not working. Yeah, uh, just checking the camera. When uh, when we met Mickey Rock over here, he was in a house in Beverly Hills and he's he uh, he was renting that house as well and I couldn't believe it. It was like 17 grand a month. Yeah, And I was like, what? Why the hell would you rent a house? Yeah. Uh, was it on? It wasn't recording. I think it was recording. Oh, sorry about that. We were just trying to get, make sure the camera's there. So if you, wa- if you listen to this, you can watch this on YouTube as well, see me and Glenn's pretty faces, or ugly faces. Uh, yeah, Mickey Rock was renting his house as well. It was like 17 grand a month. And yeah. I'm like, wow. And now that's not that much for the house where he had. It was a huge house. Yeah. We've got friends who've rented a house for a lot more. That's about what I pay. So, yeah, it's not that much. 17, oh, <laughs> not far off, you know. It feels like it to us, right? So, um, another thing I want to talk about, well, I've got, I've got some notes. It's funny, when we're away and all that, I'm like, Oh, that, this this would be great for the podcast. This would be great for the podcast. I've got notes here for because we haven't done one for that long. Off ages ago, like uh, to talk about. I've got even questions. One of my notes from a while ago was that man buns are shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good what? good note. It says talk on talk on about on podcast. Man buns are shit. <laughs> <laughs> well. Eminem's song, his beef with um, Machine Gun Oh, about Kelly. the man bun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. says, how can you call your, name yourself after a gun when you've got a man, a man bun? bun? yeah. It's so good. So we've got a question here <laughs> of Sam Duchet 37 on Instagram. Talking about Instagram before we'll get into it. Uh, I mean, that's not that too bad of a name. If your name is Sam Duchette, uh, it's not bad enough. But, but there's so many people's names that's bad on Instagram. It's like... You can't even read them. It's something stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like ten words. Ten yeah. like numbers. Just put your name. Put your name. Build yourself as a brand. Uh, what's the most unexpected thing you have learned about being a business owner in the health and fitness industry? The unexpected thing is, well, I think I, think I know what you're going to say. But go on. I, I think <laughs> there's, there's, a few, there's a few things. How hard it is to find people who want to work. It's so hard to find people with common sense who want to work and want to progress in the career. I think it might be because we're in Los Angeles and a lot of people here want to be actors, entrepreneurs, models, whatever it is. 
but uh, or, or they're just in a position where um, they're like, I, I, I don't, I, I've, I've, they're rich. I don't really need to work, so I'm not going to bother. Remember, we, it's just something to do. I'm not going to mention his name, but we met, we we hired this rich lad before, and his family was rich, and he used to come to the gym all the time. And he was he was a good boxer, and uh, he worked for about a week and a half. And he was like, mm. he's a trainer. He yeah, as a trainer, he was doing he was doing mitts now. He was decent on the mitts. He was only 23, and but his family's wealthy as shit, right? Mm. And, and it's and it's pretty tough. It's pretty intense having to get there at the gym at 6:30 a.m. for a 7 a.m. class, whatever it is. And then he then he said uh, he said to Kev, he was like, ah, I don't want to do it anymore. And Kev was like, All right, sound. Why not? He went, ah, it's 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 just not for me. He went, All right, sound. And then we're talking for a little bit, and he. Because he was supposed to be at a 12 o'clock class. This is at 11 o'clock in the morning. Kev said, oh, what, so what are you going to do for the rest of the day? He went, I think I'm chunking my surfboard and go, and go surfing for a little bit. <laughs> I mean, imagine if that's your 23-year-old kid. He'd get a fucking slap straight around the face, get back to that gym now, yeah. beg for your job back, yeah. get in them toilets and clean them floors. Definitely. You know? But it's, 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 I guess, I guess it's, it's lifestyles, you know? It's lifestyles and it comes down to bringing, bringing your kids up. How do you bring your kids up? Another conversation we'll have all day long about. Uh, oh, so talking about bringing but, your kids but, up. But, but, go on. So I was we're, we're a client at dinner, and his dad was telling us that he's this is with my client. He's a young, young kid. His daddy. He's got two sisters, and his dad was telling us. I was saying, how's it having the having the daughters now? They're a bit they're a bit older. They're like twenty seven, twenty eight. And uh, he went, yeah, it's good. What's, how do you get? It? How do you find out with the boys and all that? He went, well, do you know what I do? When, when I meet when I meet one of the boyfriends, uh, I'll say, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. And all that, and I'll talk to them and say, "What's your name? Oh, where do you live?" Oh, he says, "I'm not being funny, but because I worry about my daughter, can I just see your ID for a sec?" And he says, "Just so he went, oh hi, yeah, sound." So he gives him the ID, takes a picture of it, sound. All right, mate, nice, John, whatever you call, nice to meet you, and get on with it and have the meal or whatever they go. The dad then goes, takes the ID, does a severe background check on the kid, like severe. It's like uh, meet the parents. Oh, fine, so it's like meet the parents. He's like, it, uh, when De Niro's just like. All over him, and he. It's like same sort of thing. Oh, like, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that. Yeah, and I'm just thinking that's class. You I've like that, right? I think that's weird. No, man. it's weird, but I like it. Me, I'm like you, sound. Th- th- it's just like, come on, like. Do you, I mean, yeah. th- there's there's being careful and and like keeping an eye on someone and worrying about like your daughter or whatever or your son. But then there's like just going to an extreme. I mean, doing a fucking background check on someone. Come on, mate, have a day off. Nah, I love that shit, mate. Like me, you've got a son. Try and have some daughters, mate. You know what lads are like. Well, I, I you know don't what, know. But you know like, what you like. I, I put yourself in the shoes of the, of the lad, right? You're like proper excited. Oh, I'm gonna meet my birds, mum and dad, and all are that. You? And then he comes in and he goes, "Yeah, mate, can I check your ID?" You'd be like, "See ya." No, it's a bit weird. So I, I was telling. <laughs> no, you can't check my ID. Oh, as if the kid's gonna see that. So, uh, if another thing he said, he said, "Oh, now now what he does, he get he's, he's told all his mates that." He get, he, <laughs> so his mates send the daughter with the boyfriend to Reese for some excuse. And while I'm there, he asks his mate's daughter's boyfriend's ID. Oh, God, his mate's doing it as well. Mate, I want to get my... I want to get these You're right bastards. down that. You're going to be oh, on that, aren't you? right down my street, yeah. <laughs> uh, How do we get talking about that there? Um, about, I don't know. He started talking about people who don't want to work. Uh, that, that was his, his question was... Um, What's the most surprising oh, thing about right, running yeah. a business? I thought you were going to say like overheads and how expensive it is to run a business and 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 how much it costs. Yeah, I get I get how it's expensive because where we are in the world, we're in like in in Los Angeles, it's where it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's surprising. 
But I think, yeah, finding, finding good people, good people is the hardest thing. Common sense is very uncommon, very uncommon. I think part of it too, which we don't really think about, is like we, we've come from a, a culture and a background where it's like to do something that you love for a living is really rare. Yeah. You know, like most people just go and do an office job or they'll go and work in a factory or they just go to a bank or they just do a job because right. you have to do a job. Yeah. So for us to be out here and be involved with something like fitness and boxing and running a gym and all that, it's like, this is amazing. It's like a privilege, isn't it? It's like, yeah. it's not, it don't feel like work. Whereas out here, people do things like, oh, I take pictures or I, I do this and mm. I do that and they get paid for this. People kind of do what they like a lot more in LA. So when they come in here and we're like, do you like fitness? Do you like boxing? They're like, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, all right, you want to work here? And they're like, yeah. And then they go, and then they just kind of go, well, this is normal to like do, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I'll just sit at the front desk and do the job. Yeah. It's like, what's wrong with you? Like, why yeah. are you not passionate about this? Like, it's why like, you don't yeah. progress and, and do better? It's like, you could be working in a bank or in an office, and they're like, and and to people in this culture, they're like, well, no, not really. Mm. You know, I don't know. I think that might I think be part it was of it. Funny what you said the other day when you were like, you call, you, you call yourself an artist. <laughs> I'm a creative genius no I'm a creative artist I said that and you said you're an artist yeah someone, it's like, some, creative you are? someone asked me um, what, what's like the, your favourite thing about um, do, working for yourself or having a business and all that and I said I just see it as art like the whole process of a business is, is artistic to me it's like how can we launch something new how can we make money here how can we make this better how can we value this how can we make this look better like the whole thing just feels like a massive art project to me even just like doing a training session is art it's like alright well what can I do we've got a blank canvas I can just pick and choose what I want to do yeah and I love the creative side of it and yeah it's about the social media. They're creating content. I, I love that and coming up with marketing strategies and, and different ways. Now I'm reading a book from uh, Joey Percy. I think his last name is called Why Do You Hate Money? Talking about copywriting and I, and I, and I love it. And talking about ways to write to sell rather than the way you would normally write. You know? What's the book called again? How Why Do You Hate Money? Who by who? Joey P. I can't per, Percy. Yeah. Look it up if anyone's yeah, interested in I, like I marketing really side. And it, and it goes for everything. It goes for like writing Facebook status, uh, Instagram statuses, or if you're trying to sell that, and um, social media posts and everything. You know, you want to be trying to, if you, if you are selling stuff, you want to be talking about the benefits rather than the features. Which is meaning, like for example, if you if you're getting your hair dyed, you know, not just seeing like uh, we do grey colour, but we do grey colour because it helps you with your self-esteem and mm. makes you makes you feel better about yourself and yep, gives you that get confidence. Get to that next level. So, so now it's not just the best colour in the world. Now, now you know what you're going to feel like after that. Right. Because people want the... People want to feel... I see people, I mean, we are, as, as people, we want to we want to get the result. We don't really want to think about the things in between. We yep. just want... We pay for that result. Yeah, You know? Definitely. Uh, yeah, and I, and I love it. And I, and I love all the creative and, and the Facebook ads as well. I'm trying to learn about that. It's... It's tough. There's there's one thing that, um, speaking of Gary Vaynerchuk, you mentioned him before, he talks about a lot, is like, you've got to love the process. So like, you, you get frustrated, like, oh, this business is not where it needs to be. I want to get here, I want to get here. You're constantly looking for the next step. And you've got to love that process. Yeah. And I feel like we do. It's like, oh, okay, like I'm on a flight. I've got a chance to like work on this Word document that's going to help us launch this next thing we're going to do. I love that process of like getting together and putting our heads yeah. together and coming up with ideas and getting it down on paper. And that, I think like that's what he talks about. You have to love that 
that process yeah, I, of building it. I feel I feel sorry for people that don't, you know, love that art. And it's, it's tough, you know, it really yeah. is. And I think we're blessed and we'll get in a position where, where we are. Uh, and, and it's really good. So we're talking about the creative side and the, and the Facebook. So I've been trying to get on working with Facebook ads. It's, it's a lot into it. I was training a guy who who's high up on Facebook and he was telling me the other day that he's sorting some contracts out or whatever and he said there's a company that pays over 700, no, over 500 million a year just in Facebook advertisements. 500 million a year. That's mad. That's, that's like $2 million a day. Jesus. Nearly. Did he say which company it was? He did, but I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to see it. But, it's uh, interesting. Yesterday, like first day off that for a long time, it was Thanksgiving out here, and I was doing some work on my laptop, and in the background, I just had Dragon's Den episodes on. <laughs> I, just, I love I love watching it. If anyone doesn't know what that is, it's like the UK version of Shark Tank. It's like a business investment program. No, no, the UK is called Dragon's Den. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, it's the, it's, yeah, the UK version yeah. of Shark Tank, yeah. So, uh, he, and, and the guy goes, oh, if, if you get this investment, what are you going to spend it on? And it's like he wanted like 80 grand or whatever, and he goes, oh, I'm going to spend 40 grand on marketing. And then he just went, 40 grand on marketing. He went, that's it. Bloody hell. And I was just like, well, that's half of his, his investment. Yeah. So, you know, but he was just like, he goes, that's not very much, is it? Like, so, well, it's like that guy said on that video you just played there. It's like you want, you should be marketing yourself, putting all that mortgage money yep. into marketing. And another like thing I've been loving with the crea- creative side is I'm, now I'm working on th- designs for boxing gloves, for mitts. We've got some amazing mitts. What we've what we've finally getting around to uh, getting made. They're available at what's the boxing shop? Uh, com. Yeah. And uh, the, these mitts are really, really good. I've been going backwards and forwards with this guy from Pakistan, uh, Mo. And it's funny, you know, the other day, I'm I'm texting him, right? And I'm trying to tell him, because sometimes he sends shit over, sometimes high quality, and it's like hit and miss. So I've been dealing with him now for nearly a year. I said, Mo, by the way, everything needs to be top, top quality. We've got a, a big name, a big brand, it needs to be good. He went, oh, yes, I understand. I went, by the way, mate, it's been a year now. Do you, do you know much... Uh, uh, about me he went no not really I went alright well I'm an Olympic medalist boxer I'm f- uh, I now live in Los Angeles we've got two of the, the highest profile gyms around lots of celebrities come there uh, I've boxed all my life I'm this I'm that and then uh, and I went and I sent him the Instagram account and I, went, uh, and I said this is me and then his response was a selfie of him sitting there with a tank top on, with a <laughs> big, dirty smile on his face, saying, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Just he in an house in Pakistan. Just in an house. With a tank top just, on. And he had, like, a stain on the front of it as well. <laughs> and, he had, and he had a big gap in between his teeth. And he had, like... To be sm- fair, you know what? I admire that, because he just does not give a shit who you are, does he? <laughs> he just wants to get paid for sending these mitts over. But that's, that's the thing, though. It's like, <laughs> does he get what I'm seeing? Like... I, I think he thought like I just wanted to show him, show him like a picture of me. Yeah. And I'm like, this is me. Oh well, this is me. Like, <laughs> 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 so funny. Can we can we see the picture? 
Oh, it's on my phone. Oh. I'll, have to, I'll have to get a pooch for you. Yeah. Let's so, post it on the box life Instagram. I post number. Yeah. <laughs> put it up on the box life Instagram wall. Just put this is more. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll get this video on there. So funny, mate. This selfie that he sent us. Bloody hell. But yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely. I'm love doing doing that stuff as well. If it's uh, not up there by the time we, you've listened to this podcast, send us a DM on uh, Box and Line, send Tony a DM, and um, ask him for the picture of more. <laughs> more. Uh, Legend. And uh, i tell you what, we, we've been doing as well, talking about work, and when you're talking about the, the word docs, which is amazing, talking about technology these days, is, so it was like two weeks ago, I'm in the house, I'm, getting, I'm starting to get a little bit stressed about, about, work and how things is not progressing the way we wanted them to progress and progress in Glen's and E's house and I was going to go to your house and come and work with you and we're going to go over this new project that we're going to work on that we'll be announcing pretty soon which is exciting uh, this is a huge huge game changer project anyway we'll announce that soon so I, I, I want to go with Glen and want to get our heads together and work on some some stuff and the traffic and I was like an hour to your house 45 minutes I like, I'm not going to sit in that so what we'd done, I went in a coffee shop close to mine. Glenn was in his house. We pulled up a Google Doc. We pulled up FaceTime. And we were working on the same document in a coffee shop, seeing each other, talking to each other. It was just like being next to each other, writing on the same piece of paper. Yeah. And I was like, wow. It's good. Next level. That's like, what it's about. That's 2018 work. Like, uh, even even now when I'm thinking about that, it's like, it's like amazing. Mm. Amazing. And you can do that from the other side of the world. And was it a Google? It was a Google Doc. Wasn't it? it was yeah. a Google Doc. Yeah. And we're just getting shit done. It's class because while I'm at, at editing something, you can see on the screen in real time yeah. everything that I'm editing, and I can see what you're editing. So, so it's a great way to work. Yeah. He was working on one section of it. I was working on the other section of it. And then we went over your section. We changed the grid on it. Went over my section. Changed the grid on it. Done the same again. And we got like a shit ton of work done in like two hours mm. sitting sitting in this coffee shop. Uh, but the, the, a level up from that is when uh, we go to the Fairmont Hotel and sit in the lobby with the laptops and work in it. Yeah. And <laughs> get through a couple of bottles of champagne. But <laughs> come out with an absolute like, shitload of work done. Yeah. That's so some great the Fairmont Hotel is a, a very, very nice hotel in Santa Monica. Um, that's what that, that, sorry, just that's my favourite thing about being able to do that is uh, like working for yourself and everyone. But the biggest perk, I can pick and choose where I want my office. Right, yeah. I can just make it a hotel street if I want. Yeah, <laughs> we're in this this hotel and bought a couple of cocktails, getting worked on. I la- both had our laptops out and we had probably three or four cocktails. Then the then the lady, now I went, Where, do you want a fancy glass of champagne? And went, yeah, it's a glass of champagne. But it worked out like, I can't remember, it was like $25 for a glass of champagne each. But if you buy the bottle, it's $60. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we'd get to the bottle. Yeah. Bottle of champagne. Next, next, seems like half an hour later, we're wobbling out to the hotel. Took a selfie of each other. Took a selfie of us because it was like this is this is the moment. <laughs> this is the this is the moment that's going to change the boxing history and all that. But yeah, I might do. Might have to do that tonight. No, <laughs> no. I'm trying to be good as well. Just got back from all this travel. I'm like right, not boozing for a couple of weeks, and then it's like oh man, first chance to just go and get some work done, have some champagne. I'm like might as well. So Glenn got a text off uh, the guys from Chase and Status, uh, uh, the, the the band, one of the best bands. Around, I yeah. think, quality. Electronic duo from London. Like, amazing. 
playing that late at night. So me and Glenn were planned on, on going there. And then just before we stopped the podcast, I asked Glenn what time is it? So I texted him. Texting. They'll probably be having to listen to this. If you haven't, by the way, speaking of them, there's, we uh, had Sal from Chasing Status on this podcast. Oh, yeah. So if you scroll through the archives, you'll be able to listen to that, talking about the last album that they just put out. Yeah, great album. Yeah, top man as well. So we text, he texts Glenn back, oh, yeah, we're, we're on at midnight. <laughs> 12.30 I got confused at first Because I go uh, he, he goes oh, Send me the names I'll, I'll get you all on the list And all that I'm like alright sound So I sent him Like me and me you And uh, my mate who's coming And I sent him the names And then he goes Alright sound And I go what, what time do you play Thinking they're going to play At like 9, 10 or something yeah. And it's over in Hollywood Which is a bit of a trek from here And uh, I got a text back saying uh, 12.30 till 2 I'll be there I'll be getting there around 12 <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh shit, they, maybe they're playing tomorrow. It's at like some festival or something. Yeah. Uh, and then I thought, and I thought about it for a second. I thought, shit, he means twelve thirty a.m. till two a.m. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm fucking 33 years old. Yeah, I'm, I'm not 33. I can't, I can't be going out all that time. Right? <laughs> yeah. That'll ruin my body clock for the full week. It's like what we, what you did when you were 18, and it? It's like, oh, it's getting about 11 o'clock. I'll go out now. <laughs> it's like, not when I'm 36 now. I can't do yeah. that shit. But uh, yeah, Talk- I've got to be in the gym at like 7 a.m. tomorrow. So Talking about bands and in that industry, Glenn here, Mr. Six Figures, has been living like Mr. Nine Figures for the last, well, before we went to the last trip. He went away with 21 pilots. Yeah. 21 pilots. Uh, I mean, I wasn't a fan until I went to one of the shows and now I'm a fan. Amazing. Yeah. Very inspiring. Let's talk about that. So talk about talk about the trip, Glenn. How did that end up happening? So Josh, the, the drummer, there's a, there are two piece, Josh and Tyler. And um, I've trained Josh for about a year and a half now. And he's, he's a top lad. He's one of the nicest people you'll meet. You wouldn't even think that he's he's like in one of the biggest bands in the world and he does what he does. He's just so down to earth, like easygoing, loves his boxing, all that. So anyway, they started touring, I think, um, October. He's like, I want to bring you out on the road for a week and we'll train every day and, um, we'll, you know, just have, just have, a, have a good time on, on tour. And I was like, all right, great. And I'd had a couple of opportunities before to go out with different bands and stuff like with Blink and that. But um, this is first time I thought like this is going to be like a, a real good one where I can stay out on the road for a good amount of time. Yeah, because he's your mate as well. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, bit, I mean, I've, I've out like, him a lot. Travis Bott and them, the, the the like your mates, but he's like more your age. Yeah, like, I actually like socialise with him and yeah. stuff. And I'll go out go out with him and that. But um, yeah, so we, I went out. I flew from LA. They flew me out. Paid for me flight out. Flew out to uh, Florida. Watched him pay, play in Florida, trained him like right as soon as I got there in the arena. And then um, I had a day off in Fort Lauderdale, right on the beach. Um, they put me up in um, like the nicest hotels every night. I had like suite to myself, like huge rooms to myself. And then I was on, if we weren't um, on the tour bus to the next city, and he, he has his own custom tour bus, like super nice. If I wasn't on that, we were flying private planes to the next city. Um, arenas every night training in the best gyms in the arenas because yeah. they're all ar- like homes of like NBA teams and hockey teams and all that, so, like next level gyms so I'd train him in the afternoon and then uh, you know like help look after his diet get stuff to his room whatever he needs and all that and uh, it was class loved it we trained every night and then or I trained every day and then I think we went through like five or six shows in a yeah. week and a couple, of, a couple <coughs> of days off all across America Florida uh, Houston, Dallas, Phoenix, and then finished up in LA with them. It was which amazing. Is show you were at. It was amazing because you've seen a, 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 a inside a view of someone's life, like 
who's like super, super famous and super, uh, not just not not just the fame, but the the passion and the hard work and, mm-hmm. and professionalism, which and Josh the talent is, too. Like you, you've seen the talent first hand, yeah. you're like, wow, they, you know, they're just on another level. It's yeah. like ridiculous talent. And uh, you've seen that, and you were like around it, and you. I know you're very good friends with 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 Josh, and uh, I, I I was so happy for you because. <laughs> like you've experienced flying private I experienced it one time I was with after Brendan Sharp's fight in Tim Tebow there was four of us got on Tim Tebow's uncle's jet went to the air and what you do we get picked up in from the airport which this is what's happened with you you get picked up in the airport and for big escalade the escalade drives to the airport I, I didn't even go in an airport no no it wasn't even no it wasn't from the, the hotel or whatever. Well, it, well it's yeah. an airport um, you, 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 airplanes fly the, away from airports. It well, might be a private airport, but it's an airport. Right, right, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but you didn't, we never got. No, that's what I mean. We, yeah, we yeah. never. We we drove straight onto the runway on yeah. the escalade. We got off the. Our, we, our feet don't even touch the ground to touch a red carpet. <laughs> yeah. And I'm walking on the red carpet. Show the pl- pilot my passport. Doesn't like looks. Yeah, straight on the jet, up yeah. in the air, landing. It. Like the yeah. best, the best experience ever of flying. And like you experienced it like four or five times, like last week. Yeah, it doesn't feel like you're doing anything. It just feels like you're just like chilling. And so the question is, how the hell do you go from that to flying from LAX Airport on the Delta? I came back. Premium. <laughs> I know, right? But I came back. I didn't carry a bag for a week. I didn't drive anywhere for a week. Everything was just like done for me for a week. And um, it was... It, it, I, I got used to it, but it wasn't like... And, uh, you like, could oh, get used to it though, couldn't oh, you? Oh, it was amazing, like, like, yeah, you know. it's amazing, yeah. And um, I was like super appreciative of it and like, oh, thanks, thanks for everything. Yeah. With the road crew were looking after me and everything. They were amazing. But then um, I got from, the, the, they said, do you want me to get a car for you to send you, to take you to your house from yeah. the venue in LA? And um, I was like, no, nah, it's fine, don't worry about it, I'll just get an Uber. So I'm like, all right. So they could have sent me like a, a massive like Escalade yeah. or whatever, like to take me home. I was like, no, I was sound. I was like, let's get back down to earth. So I ordered me Uber. <laughs> I'm there at two o'clock in the morning after the show had finished, after the LA show, because the venue's not far from my house. I'm waiting for an escape. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'd gone from like just some smelly bastard every, as well. Yeah, like and and even the runners like they're like black top Mercedes vans with like nice, you know, like yeah. super nice, and then getting dropped off at these nice hotels and just everything's just like next level. And then the next thing, I'm like loading my suitcase and everything into the back of this Ford Escape. Just sat there like it's going on. Oh, 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 shit. It was funny because Glenn, Billy Big Spuds, I was, I was giving him some shit like, for being on big time and all that. So he, he gets me tickets. Well, it was Josh, actually. Uh, he, I sent us a DM on Instagram. I was buzzing because I said, oh, it looks amazing. So he said, come to the show in LA. So I went, there, I went and Glenn's coming to the front door that where, where he's all access pass on. And I'm like, all right. So I saw more. <laughs> I so, remember so seeing I, this. So I get to me tickets. I'm like, Glenn, I've got me tickets. Come and get us in. Because it's a, a, a line, like, fucking two mile long. <laughs> Glenn's like, sound. So Glenn's like, comes to the security guard. He's with us, showing me pass. He's like, he's got to wait in the line. I'm like, Glenn's like, no, no, no. He's with the artist. We've got, he's like, Glenn, the fella's like, no, doesn't matter. Get he's, in the line. He, and I'm like, Glenn, I'm so I know. <laughs> I was like, man, we've, we've got no time. He's, he's got, I was like blagging him that you were like on stage. I was like, he needs to be in there. And now we've got like five minutes. I he's do like, not give I a don't shit. give a shit. Get in the line. I'm like, fuck. 
So I'm like, yeah, and, and, and the worst thing about it is, there's like a hundred people in the line seeing me walk to the front, thinking, "Who's he getting to the front?" And then yeah. they're not letting us in. I've got to walk back past yeah, yeah. them all, like <laughs> getting in the line. So I'm standing there, devoured in the line. Funny. Yeah. But it was, it was such a great experience, and to see them perform. And I'm not a fan of bands and concerts and all that shit. I, I'm not. I don't really like that. But when I know. Like Josh on a personal level, I've, I've just when you're personally few, invested yeah, in it. Yeah. I met him a few times in the gym, and and uh, seeing what he's done is so so inspiring. We're talking fifteen thousand people at that Elliot concert, right? Yeah, they're, they're playing arenas every night, so it's probably like between ten and twenty thousand people a night. So we there's fifteen thousand people there, and they're all dressed up in their t-shirts and all that, and. Like Glenn said, he's a very humble and down to earth yeah. lad. We went. He we, appreciates We, went, it, we went to sushi room one time, and you would never think he was famous or, mm. or, or, or as big as he is. Yeah. And it was it was just amazing and inspiring to see that, you know. Yeah, he's class. And then I seen a video on them. It was on the popular channel on YouTube, and it was showed you them in 2013. 21 pilots, and they were carrying the bags off the the own bags off the bus, off off the off the van, carrying a piano down the stairs. Him and him and his and his partner in it and I was like like they, I had nothing well no they were just hungry yeah. in 2013 fast forward uh, five, five years. years and now they're selling out arenas they've got how many trucks was it that 18 was? 18 trucks driving around the country with all their shit in doing everything for them yeah it was so inspiring yeah it's class so you, gotta, you gotta work hard you're paid dues doesn't matter what you're doing you know yeah and it doesn't matter how good you are like I mean obviously you gotta be good but whatever you're trying to do You've got it. This stuff takes time. It takes years. It takes you know day in day out grafting, paying your dues. Consistency. No matter consistency. where you're at, it just doesn't get handed to you. And I think a lot of people think that it does. Yeah. So what was fu- what was funny uh, when we were in well, we just been Na- Nashville. Yeah. Like last weekend. So yeah, I got off that tour. I was back in LA for two days, and then we were like straight on the plane again, straight, straight out Nashville. to Nashville. Yeah. We're in Nashville, and we went out to. Uh, there's a place called Broadway in Nashville, oh and it's a, street, it's a street that, like... Re- re- rewind before we get to that, because all, like, the two or three days that I was back from from a tour, everyone's like, oh, are you back? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Nashville. Oh, they're like, oh you're so lucky. What a it's great city. Like, it's the best. You'll love Nashville. It's the like, of the South. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. And I'm thinking, yes, Nashville's going to be class. Can't wait to see what it's like. And I'm picturing Austin, Texas, because I've heard they're the kind of similar to yeah. real music cities. And um, Austin's class, I love Austin. It's super clean, nice, like full of culture and art, music and all that. Austin's amazing. So I thought Nashville's going to be the same. And um, I mean, you can't really see a full city in one weekend, but the first... So we get up, we get up, we get up the taxi and it's like, you see a street and it's pumping and it's like, yeah. there's lights on all that. Yeah. Like, yes. This and is the Vegas of the South. This is, is going to be South. pumping. Then we, then we walk into this bar and... Oh my word. I couldn't think of it anywhere worse. Like I, I could, it was probably like the most anxiety that I've felt for a very long time. So I you, felt really uncomfortable. You're so shoulder to shoulder with people. You cannot move. You can hardly breathe. It's hot. The There's average a, age is about sixty. <laughs> nah, it about was forty-five, oh, forty odd. Yeah, forty the, the, plus. They were playing uh, country music, really, really loud, like yeah. a band and all that. Terrible standard, just some band playing like awful shit. Then, you, then I got a got a uh, Moscow mule in a plastic cup. Everyone's got cowboy hats and study boots and then waistcoats with studs all over them and all that. And that, if you're into that, fine, not no, bothered. Yeah, you yeah, know, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, not, you know, but everyone had that on, and I just had like a regular jacket and some tracksuit pants and a pair of Converse on, and I'm, I felt like 
I felt like a weirdo. No. And, and then, and like you said, the worst part was I couldn't move. I couldn't talk to anyone. I couldn't have a chat to you because he was so loud. Yeah. And it was just like, ugh. And there was, I'm like, it's not even any good drinks or like foody or anything. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just must like, go on mule in a plastic cup. So we left that place and we went to a We lasted hotel. 10 minutes. Yeah, there? we went to a hotel, one drink. And like, we noticed, and I, and I remember you, you said like, I'm 36 now, I can't tolerate this shit anymore. That's what you said. And I was laughing me head off because it's true. It's like, yeah. you know, we, we want to be in... Uh, I want to be in control of what I want to do. You, know? you, you want to be able to talk. Yeah. So that's <laughs> yeah. the main thing. Yeah. Sit down. I'm not relax, even being spoiled. Talk. I just want to have a chat. <laughs> like, remember when you were young and you wanted to go to these clubs in the wall, really loud, and it was like that, and you couldn't yeah. talk, and you stand there trying to look cool. We, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 30s now. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm past <laughs> all that shit now. Yeah. So we sat, we went to a nice hotel, sat there, got drinks, and, and had, had a great night. Good conversation. Yeah. Um, but I, I wonder, right, and I came out of it thinking, like, am I just a dick now? Like, I can't do that shit. I want to be, like, in my own zone, doing my own thing. And I thought, no, it's just my taste. That's just what I am. Yeah. But then I thought, is that, like, am I, am I missing out on Nashville culture and what that town's really about by not wanting to do that? You know what I mean? Like, and I think I said to you at the time, it's like the Englishman who goes to Spain, but he goes to the English pub. Right. I thought, am I now the LA version of that? It's because yeah. in LA you've got all these nice hotels and nice bars where it's loungy and you can have the best food and the best cocktails and it's nice and chill it, out music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's relaxed. And because we've got that option here, it's like whenever I go to a different city, that's what I want. Yeah. Whereas that's not the thing to do in Nashville. The thing to do in Nashville is like those dive bars full of 50-year-olds in cowboy hats yeah. playing country music. But there was young people but, there as well loving it. Oh yeah, big time. But like I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's just me being like yeah. small town LA guy. I don't know. No, I've always been that. I remember this was after the Olympics. The Blues Brothers. You know the Blues Brothers. Have you heard of the Blues Brothers? Mm. It's like a, it's like a, a band. Like the, it's a it's a musical. I didn't know what it was, but someone offered us free tickets. Oh, it was a musical. Yeah, in, in Southern Empire to go with this. So I was like, oh, I've got like six free tickets. So I took me missus and mum and dad, and I was sat next to the mayor of Sunland. Because I was like a special guest and all that. Mate, it was the worst time of my life. <laughs> the, these fellas in suits playing jazz music, dancing around on a stage and all that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm really not enjoying this. this fucking boy. I'm looking at me missus and she, she knows that I hate that shit. Yeah. So I just uh, gets up, went to the toilet for like 35 minutes until it ended. It's not the beginning of it. Just got on your phone. Just got, just got on my phone. I think not know if phone's in. But no, yeah, just got on me. Just like done anything else but listen to a, a loud band. Yeah. Even worse, that, isn't it? The, the well, you're not even allowed to talk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing with that Nashville thing was we've been there like five, ten minutes, and I thought, all right, well, everyone's going to want to leave this. No one's going to be into this. <laughs> and then I looked around, and I, I felt like everyone was going, yeah, we're here to stay now. This is where we're supposed to be tonight. Yeah. And I, that's why I started getting anxiety, because I'm thinking, fucking hell, am I going to have to stop here all night? <laughs> so I just came to you. I'm like, we're not stopping here all night. Like, this is the worst place I could imagine. I'm not having this. What, what made it better? What made it... The only thing that was bearable for me in that in that bar was seeing your face and how upset you were. <laughs> yeah, so you just, I, so that was your like, entertainment. <laughs> I knew like four days ago you were in Twenty One Pilots behind stage, like, <laughs> just standing there seeing fifteen thousand people, like loving yeah. life through great music and great drinks and all that. Yeah. And now you're just shoulder to shoulder with some fucking big fat 
70-year-old woman <laughs> yeah. who's trying to feed your ass. <laughs> yeah, it's just hell on earth. It's the worst. Yeah, it was so funny. Um, no, but we, we did salvage that. That was just like the quick experience. And uh, we did have a good weekend in Nashville. And the academy courses went well. Nice people, as always. Yeah. We ended up actually at a really nice rooftop, didn't we? Yeah, on good. the Sunday night, uh, we found one of the nicest places in in Nashville and went Thompson's up there. Hotel. Yeah, really nice. Talking about being young and all that, when we were in uh, New Hampshire, remember when we nearly got arrested for drinking on the street? Oh yeah, this is a great story. Have we not done a podcast since then? No. Oh, you've got to tell this story. Yeah. So, but this was after you bet me a thousand dollars to jump off a bridge into water. Oh yeah. At like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you never done it. Into Shit, into a black river. Like yeah, it might black. have been shallow. I was hoping you wouldn't do it because... Uh, I might have died. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I wanted you to do it. I wanted you to be soaking because you, 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 I don't know what you like. You don't like being uncomfortable like that. Yeah. So I was like, go on. I was drunk. I was like, go on, give you a grand. So uh, walking down the street, like kids, it's like, let's leave this place. You know, it sticks with you, doesn't it? It sticks with you. I don't think you grow over it. You grow over it to a certain extent, but like, let's just this dorm on. Let's put the bottles in your Push it a bit. Put the bottle in your pocket and walk past the dorm. We've all done those kids. Well, I, yeah, we've all done those kids. I, I had a Moscow mule. I had one of them copper cups really? that give you the Moscow mule. I had that in. How I got it out of there, I don't know. So that was get, what was in me. So we get past him walking down the street. Yeah, having a big laugh and all that. See a police car. Just to set the scene, if you do this in LA, you're getting arrested like quick. Right. If this, if you're in LA drinking on the street, you're going to be like, they're not going <laughs> to fuck about, are they? Yeah, no. They're going to whip that off you and get you in the back oh, of that yeah. car quick. So I mean, that, yeah, we wouldn't even do it in LA, but like, I don't know why we thought we could do it. <laughs> so we so we walking down the street, and then there's a police, was a police car, sees us, and it turns around like shit. They seen us. I ran, put my drink down. Yeah, and, said, and, you, and you were saying, put it down, put it down. And I was like, well, she's seen us now. It's not putting putting it down now. <laughs> I, I thought, fuck it, I'll just it was be a, it, was, it was a woman. She got out the car and she was she was sound, wasn't she? she the best part is this is unrealist because this is it's a super small town. It's like whatever. I, I stood there in front of her with the Moscow mule in my hand. She went, hey, boys, uh, you know you can't drink on the street, right? And I, I went, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. I, did, I didn't realise that I'd walked out of it. She goes, do you want me to, she goes, do you want me to take those off you? Yeah? I went, yeah, go on. So I gave her the cup and she gave it me back. She went, there's a bit left in there. Do you want to finish it off? So I went, go on, finished it off and then gave her the cup. And she went, yeah, just so you know, you can't drink around here on the street. And I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. She went, go on, I'll get back to your hotel, have a good night. She was asking, like, where we're from and all that proper nice so anyway the next morning at the course at the gym I'm telling someone this story and I was like oh she came up to us and was like oh yeah do you want to finish it off told the story and then the, the bird I told the story she goes oh that must be uh, Sarah or whatever she's the local police officer or whatever yeah. and I'm like wow that small of a town they know who the female police yeah. officer is that's why we never got in any any shit because it's that's, it was that small of a town talking about female police officers did you hear about that story where there was a uh, <clears throat> it was in America. A policewoman. She went home. She went home to. She lived in an apartment building, and she went in. She opened the door, and there's a man, black man. That's what the press said. A white woman, black man, in there. She gets pulls the guns out and shoots him and kills him. Cause she thought it was her apartment. Yeah. And then she realised that she was on the wrong floor. <sighs> so she's she's walking some fella's apartment who was just chilling in his house. Yeah. She's tired, so she says she's tired after an odd day's work. Walks in and just shoots him and kills him because she thought it was her apartment. Unbelievable. What she's just because she got off on the wrong floor, that fella's died? Yeah. Wow. In his own house. Wow. That's heavy, that. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Like, how... 
I, 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 don't know, I don't even know what happens after that. Because obviously his family want justice and want her to get locked up for good, which yeah. she would. Yeah. If, it, if it's true what she says and she hasn't got no connection with him. Um, have like, you followed up on the story? I haven't followed up on it. It was a while ago. I would like to know about that. Yeah. But that's so, so sad. That leads us into uh, what we were watching in Nashville. We, we spent the first night inside the Airbnb watching Jim Jeffries talk about guns, didn't we? Yeah. And if you haven't seen that, right, go on YouTube, type in Jim Jeffries guns and just watch it. It's just genius. He's, it, a, he's a comedian. But so he, funny. He, he just gives so many points about, about banning guns in America. And why oh, they should so be funny. Banned. So funny. Uh, he goes, like, in 1996, in Australia, we had the biggest massacre ever like this. And then he goes, all these people died. He's got it's the record massacre and all this. He goes, and then he makes a joke out like, he's like, still not been beat. And he goes, but do you know what happened? What was the goal? And I went, right, fuck faces, no more guns. And we all went, all right, fair enough. Okay. And then he goes, America, they have a massacre. And then, and then he said, he said, so he said, all right, no more guns. People went, ah, uh, all right, all right. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And since then, since 1996, they've had one more gun. No more maskers, yeah. Cool. And then he goes, America has like the Sandy Oak massacre, all these kids die and everything. And then the government goes, um, maybe we'll just ban the big guns. And then everyone, and then 50% of you go, no, you're not taking my fucking guns. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad. It's true. It's so true. Please watch that uh, uh, about the, the guns. Jim, Jim Jeffries, his name's spelled, his last name's the same as mine, but it's got an E after the double F. You'll find a Jim Jeffries guns, and it's it's so true. It's had like millions and millions of views. It's one of the most popular. Uh, yeah, that's that's like what really got comedy him, videos on YouTube got them uh, popular, and, and it's true. And the the thing that I dislike most about America is is guns. Um, let me ask you this: What do you think about kids having like toy guns and stuff? Because I, if I was three, right, and I wanted a gun, and I, I mean, used to watch like A Team and like films yeah. and all that shit. And my mum and dad would be always be like, no, you're not having a toy gun or anything. Oh, you didn't have toy guns? They wouldn't let me have toy guns. And um, I feel like over here, they're big on letting kids have, like, understand guns and, and yeah. talk about shooting. No, and, like, I used to have toy weird. guns. I used to have toy guns and machine really? guns. I used to play cops and robbers and, and yeah. run around and used to have potato guns and all that. Yeah. I, I just think, I think, so get I, think rid of them. I think get rid of them as well. I think, I think um, that's fine as long as you're a well-grounded person and you've got a good mum and dad, it's going to be fine. I think where it goes wrong so it, is when you've got mental issues and you've had that upbringing. It's got to be one or the other. I think, can we, it's like the guns. Should we give the, keep the big guns? Should we leave the, like, it should be, with that, it should be like, let's not sell toy, toy, toy guns. guns. Yeah. Let's not do that. Let's, let's not do that. Let, let's not have guns in fucking Big Five down the street where yeah. I haven't got, so. Well, you know Dick's Sporting Goods, that's like one of the biggest sports chains in America. They've took all guns out of all their stores. That's great. Yeah. Like, it's, it's 5.30 on a Friday night now. I would go a mile up the street and go and buy a gun, mm. like a, a proper gun, and then come and threaten Glenn if he doesn't do something <laughs> for me, that he's going to get a bullet in his head. It's mad, that, isn't it? It's mad. <laughs> Shouldn't even joke about that, but it, it, it's, uh, you know, it's true. It's, it's really scary, and that's, like I say, that's the thing I, I don't like about America the, the most. Uh, so something happened in Australia, you'll not have heard, heard about this, talking about horrible things that happen in countries where... This is this is disgusting, like in a way that you've never heard of it before, like something before. People were putting pins inside of strawberries in in uh, in two supermarkets. They were going around and putting pins in strawberries for what purpose? Just to hurt people and be horrible. <laughs> this so, makes no sense. Like, and it got massive in the news and all that. 
and people were eating a strawberry. Imagine that, and I got a pin in. You're gonna fucking cut your mouth to pieces. Yeah, it's it's so so sick. And strawberries, one of the biggest fruit industries in Australia, it's massive. Yeah, and it start really hurting that, and it start hurting the economy. But even even that aside. The thing I love about Australia... Well, the is there no testing for that stuff? Like, when produce gets delivered, is there not... No, is there no when, kind when of they've s- been delivered, they're in the supermarket. We go, go in Whole Foods, now we pick a thing up and just put a pin in it. Right. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. No? Yeah. And then someone buys that and they're going to... Like, imagine you you saw a little jack having a, having a strawberry and that happened. Yeah. No? And I'd go and smash the reds in. I'd, oh, you, man. I, I, you know oh, what I mean? I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. And the government said... Uh, they said something like... The Prime Minister... You, if you do this, you get a minimum of ten years in jail, minimum, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, Australia's got it down. They know what to do. Yeah, right. you, you fuck about, this happens. Yeah, you know, you don't want to live by your rules. Sound. Yeah, don't come here. You know, don't want to live by it. But this is this is the issue. It's like uh, just kind of on this stuff. Like if. <laughs> Like I don't know, it's hard. It's hard to describe. Like if 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 a lunatic goes and shoots someone, and then they go, "Oh, we're gonna ban guns." Isn't it the same? Like if a lunatic goes and like goes drink drink driving, and then um, like kills someone, you don't expect the government to ban cars. Do you know what I mean? Is it, isn't it the same? That's the kind of the argument I hear a lot, and you're like, "No, I mean, a gun is." <laughs> Like an assault rifle is what Jim Jeffrey says. It's in the name. It's an assault rifle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's to assault people. It's to hurt people. Yeah, that's the only purpose like, of it. Like, what? What's the other purpose? I'm of not it? saying that. No, I'm not no, making no, that no, point. No. I'm just being. But to them, dickheads who say that, what is? What's the other purpose of a gun? To protect yourself. You know, and again, what Jim Jeffrey? You need to watch that Jim Jeffrey thing. Oh, it's class. Uh, but it's like because he goes into that in detail yeah. about the protection. I remember when when England banned guns? It was years ago. And if you got caught with a gun, you would get, uh, like, jail, you know, so you need to hand your guns in. I think that's what happened. And, like, what Jim Jeffries says, now on the black market, if you want a, if you want a gun, you've got to pay, like, £40,000, $40,000. And he's saying, so the only people who are shooting people up with guns is insane kids. Which insane kid has got a spare 40, 40 grand? 40 grand? <laughs> yeah. Then what? <laughs> and then he's like, what, "What does he say? If you've got forty grand, what are you going to go? Why, why are you? Why are you so angry that you're going out pulling people? You're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> I know, all right. You've got forty grand. And then what are you going to do? Walk in the black market and say, anybody got any guns for sale? <laughs> Who the fuck in the white man's going to send you sell you a gun? Yeah. You know? So you know, it's, it's great, and I love that shit. But pe- people see it, and I'm sure you'll see it as well. Like America will never ban guns." It's just part of the culture, isn't it? It always, it always has been since the beginning. It's the first country to arm the citizens, so it's never going to go away. We never spoke about Florida with them dickheads. Did we? <sighs> yeah, so we had we, a bit of a running. We Have we never f- talked about this no. on the podcast? We were in Florida, uh, I think it was March, and we were in the hotel. It was at the end of an, an end of a night out, and we walked in, and there's some guy got in his t-shirt. He says something like, uh, what was it? I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was something about guns. And something then you asked guns. him what it, what it and, said. Because I'm really against him. I just said to him, what does that mean, your T-shirt? And he said, oh, gun, everyone should have the right to have guns. And I went, well, I disagree with that. And he went, oh, you do? I went, yeah. Where are you from? England. And then we got into it for a little bit, like for five minutes. And I was, he was saying, well, we should have a right. And he's got his argument. And I've got my argument. Like, not an argument. We're having a conversation. Next thing, his mate comes over. What? Where, you don't like guns? 
I'm like, no, I didn't, mate. Me and Glenn's there, it's at the bottom of a lift. Next thing, three more mates come over, drunk, aggressive. It's like 12 o'clock at night. What? You fucking, well, fuck off, Paddy. I'm coming. They start getting aggressive. I'm like, I'm ready to just start letting these hands go in a sec. And then about another 10 came, and then me and Glenn surrounded by these 15 horrible pieces of shit. Yeah, in like suits and all fucking like weird haircuts and, 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 and shit. And I see weird, it, weird. And I'm not seeing horrible pieces of shit because we've got different opinions. Horrible pieces of shit because with the racist stuff and the horrible stuff that they were seeing, I'm not going to repeat it, uh, it was just made me feel sick. And that's the sort of important... Yeah. People in America. It was it was it was like pussy shit on another level because one they had to like get numbers together to to feel big, which is ultimate pussy shit, and and two like you just know that like if any like you were saying you like you, you you like if they started getting heavier I'm just gonna start swinging but like saw so pussy shit number two because they'd just pull a gun as soon as you like right. tried to do anything they just they just fucking shoot you yeah. and in Florida. They can just easily say, "Oh well, he tried to hit me, or they, he would, they tried to push me, or whatever." So I shot him, and they're gonna be fine. Yeah, I never even thought about that because the last thing I think, even though we're talking about guns and guns being illegal, the last thing I think about is anyone carrying a gun on them. Actually, way. using it. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the first thing I thought. But well, like, thanks for telling us, mate. I was about to smash his head in. Well, I said to you at the time. I remember saying you to didn't. you, I was, I was like, "Let's not get every of these. They're into guns and all that." I said it a couple of times. And but I remember I, you. But you even with that, they're in, they're in the guns. The last thing I think is one of them's got a gun on them. Yeah, it's just that's the first thing I thought. I thought they've definitely got a gun on them. So I'm, I'm like, so not because one of them pushed me, and I didn't respond at all. I was like, "Whatever, I'm not going to get involved with these." I just and we started piping down. I, I um, talked a bit with him, but the weird thing is, we ended up out at the swimming pool at the at the hotel with him. And they had like some convention going on. There was like some big gun, like nationalistic fucking convention going on that they were all part of. And um, we were out at the swimming pool with them till like 3 a.m. talking about all this stuff, weren't we? Because they, they ended up calming down yeah. a bit and we had this conversation with them and all that. And anyway, we went to bed and then the next morning, come back down to the lobby. There was a couple of them in the lobby, yeah. weren't there, when we were having breakfast. They come up and we're like, oh, I'm so sorry about last night, you know. I was like, oh, it's all right. It was just horrible. Yeah. It was funny on the, on the night when we were around that pool. They knew that would really disagree with guns, and there was fellas showing us pictures of the kids, kids like four years old, with like machine guns, like shooting them, and videos with them, like seven-year-olds shooting handguns, trying to kill fucking sheep and all, not sheep, hey, rabbits and all that. It's just horrible. That's the part of America that I just don't get it. I mean, what, what's the point? What's the talent? What's the you know what's 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 the benefit? What you, where are you trying to be? I'm missing something. Where are, you, where are you trying to go with this? Yeah, yeah, ridiculous, mate. Ridiculous. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a complete different culture here, like to Los Angeles, to somewhere like that. Oh yeah, right? like Middle like, America's on another level. Yeah, yeah. like over here is is ridiculous, and yeah. it's like in LA, it's so wealthy, and <laughs> it's just popping in my head there about that about ha- Halloween over here in Santa Monica, people. They like have competitions with each other with the houses and the and the the cover the houses in Halloween. Same like, same with Christmas too. Yeah, but at Halloween I, I went for the first time with my kids and they cover the houses in uh, decorations, ghosts and all that and big spiders. And these are really really wealthy people. Like I'm talking ten million dollar houses and more. So we took the kids around because everyone's there and you go in and you just trick or treat and they get the candy and all that. But you know what's is it messed up? I don't know. I was going to say messed up about But they've got their maids, the Mexican maids, sitting outside the house. We're, we're like a 
dressed up was like a, a, like a, a witch or something. I, I, I wore a witch's hat on, giving the candy out to the kids. So they don't even have to do it. <laughs> they just in bed chilling, watching just, television. Just outsourcing everything. <laughs> outsourcing everything. That's amazing. You know, and there was one house we went to. It was a massive okay, house. No. We went, and the woman was there with a mate who owned the house. They were sitting there drinking the champagne, and they had the mate there giving the candy. But there was there was still there. Chilling, they were just champagne. chilling, just sitting talking to the kids. Oh, you're a you're a witch and all that. No, that's what you said, isn't it? Mad. That's America, though, isn't it? That, if that's you, it, if LA. You, can, you can do it. You if can you can it. afford it, do it. Yeah. You know, so I'm not. If, if you think about it, though, they're employing people. I'm not. I'm just. Not not I'm not hearing on it. Yeah. The kids are getting the, the candy. Yeah. The, the someone's mates, working. The mids sitting there yeah. on a horse. Yeah. You know, working. It's like a, it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. If that's what you do. Yeah. You know, it's just that's part of the culture, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, shall we talk a little bit about boxing? Yeah, well, we wanted to. Are we, are we going to be able to do it? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about boxing. So we've got some big, big fights coming up. The biggest one, Floyd Mayweather's comeback fight. What the fuck is all that about? I don't know. What is all that about? Well, it was it was on and then it was off and then it was on, wasn't it? Yeah. Did and it's see, on for January now, I think. Did you but. see his Instagram post about it where he was talking about uh, he went there for a promotional event and it, and it wasn't really... He wasn't really going to fight him. He doesn't know who this kid is and all that. And it was a really disappointing trip and yeah. all this, yeah. I think there's more to it than that. Floyd's not going to be getting them pictures with that lad head face-to-face and all that if, if there's not something wrong. I think there's been a, a big billion-dollar deal there. Signed. Not signed or, or maybe handshaked. Maybe signed. And he's agreed, dot the pictures, and then something's fell through, and now the deal's off. So now he's trying to pull back and like, mm. you know, why the he- why the hell would he? But it's not, he- apparently it's on again for January. It is, and it's just no kicking. Yeah, no kicking. Yeah. So it's what just they're gonna have a fight, but it's just just like no kicking. Yeah. yeah. You get that if you want, I'll keep them on. All right, go on. Um, we're gone over there. <laughs> no, go on. I'll keep going. Um, so, um, and then the other big fight, big huge fight, is Wilder and. Fury, yeah, which I'm very excited about. This is going to be a, a big fight. We're just talking there, but it's in Los Angeles, so we're talking about the tickets. The ticket prices is, is is ridiculous. Like, not even ringside. It's fifteen hundred dollars for a ticket. Like, it's just outside the ringside. Yeah. It, w- it was a grand, and then it went up. It, it's, it's interesting that they've put the ticket prices that high, um, based on like how. Um, I mean, like you said, it is. I mean, it is a world heavyweight championship fight, WBC world heavyweight title fight, but their profiles aren't that huge for it, for to, for them to justify such yeah. huge ticket prices. They get their um, money it, from the from the TV that uh, from the yeah. TV networks. Right. That's why they've never fought in. He never fought in um, in Manchester. If he fought in Manchester, he would have sold a 70,000 arena out or, or wherever, the biggest arena they could do. Yeah, but it'd be less pay-per-view price. <clears throat> yeah, so it'd be, overall it'd be less money because yeah. that's where the money is through the TV networks. Yeah. Uh, but still, it's it going to be a great fight. Very, very exciting. Very, um, I think it's a 50-50 fight. I really do. Maybe, maybe 55-45. I, I did, 45, I, I, I did think that, like... The more I think about it and the closer it gets, I, I honestly think, like, I think, and I hope I'm wrong because I really want Fury to win, but I, th- I just think he's, I think Wilder's going to knock him out. Yeah. Um, I, th- I just think he, and, and I've seen, like, his training and, and and how explosive he is and how athletic he is, and if he touches you, you you're pretty much gone, really. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, not many people can take a shot off him and, yeah. and keep keep going. 
And I just think with what Fury's gone through in the last like two, three years, he's he's going to have to be fit as fuck to outbox him mm. for 12 rounds to keep away from him and move and be on it and be sharp and keep your concentration levels up and hurt him enough to where he's going to not want to come in. He's just, it's such a big ask. But with that said, like if he on, only he knows if he's fit enough and he, if he's ready enough to do it. And he says he is, so we got to believe him. And, yeah. And I'd just love him to do it. I'd love him to yeah, do it. Yeah, me too. It's good for boxing. He's fucking class. He's, he's amazing. I, I think he's one of the... Um, he's probably one of my favourites out yeah. there. And so I, I agree with ex- what you just said about the fight. Like, and I've trained Wilder in here. And Wilder, is like, his punches is like something else. That's one of the main reasons why I'm, I'm, I'm picking him. Because I felt that power on, on the mitts. And it's like nothing I've ever felt before. Uh, so, but I'm, it's I'm, just I'm, like... like like speed, power, right? Speed, like, power, explosive. It's, it's everything. It's heavy as well. Right. And I, and I heard from an inside source that uh, Fury is actually telling his trainer in his camp what he wants to do. He's running the show. He's, he's saying, I want to do this. I want to do that. Oh, I think we should do it. You know, and I think you need a trainer who... And, and with, if you've got a trainer like that, I don't think the respect's there. Yeah. You know, you need a trainer that you respect enough to trust in he tells you to do this, you're going to do it. I think, um, and I think that's why he's bringing Freddie Roach in as well because he doesn't tr- trust or, 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 or feel like his trainer's enough for him. Yeah, I've heard that he's bringing Freddie Roach in. Did you hear the story about how uh, Ben Davidson got hired as his trainer? No. So he went down to um, the MGM gym in uh, Marbella or MTK gym now it is in Marbella, and he was out there with Billy Joe Saunders training down there, and that Ben Davidson was doing mitts for Billy Joe, and then Fury started doing mitts for him, and then they were all out at um, like a a bar or a restaurant or whatever in Puerto Banus yeah. and a couple of like birds walk past and uh, Fury goes hey mate if you can go and get them two birds numbers you could be my trainer shut up and uh, so so he fucked off trying to get the numbers come back he goes no numbers he goes well you must not want to be my trainer then so he goes alright go. so he get up, get up again goes back comes back two numbers done he's like alright this, this boy will do brought him on as his no trainer way. where did you hear that? He told this story on the Rogan podcast. Bloody hell. And Rogan is exactly, it just said exactly what I thought. And he said, well, you hired a, a boxing trainer to run your career based off that. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, here's why. He said, because I knew he was a student of the game and he, he knows boxing inside out. I knew that. But I just wanted to test him and see if he really wanted to do this. And the minute that he could do that, I know that he's hungry and he will do anything that to to get what he wants and he's like that's the kind of character and mentality that I need alongside me and I thought fair enough that's interesting fair yeah. point that is very fair that is very fair so yeah it's interesting to see how it goes like yeah. we'll only know after won't we if, if he was uh, right but for him or not I think it's just too soon for Fury even yeah I think it's too soon I think he, maybe when he fought Klitschko he, he could he could have beat him then you know, Danny Price, our mate in, mm. uh, from Scarborough, he was my roommate in the, for, on the GB team. He beat Wilder as an amateur, tall, rangy fighter, long, awkward, uh, and he beat Wilder as an amateur in, in, uh, in a tournament. And I think that's the style that beats Wilder as a tall fighter, like Fury's tall, yeah. he's rangy, he's awkward. Yeah. Um, I think that's the... So, he, so Fury's actually got what it takes to beat him. Definitely, yeah. He's but, got the style to beat him. No doubt I, about I that. Just, I don't know what... It's just that power, that wireless... It's just, the, it's just the fitness factor for me. Like, if, if... I just don't know if he's got the fitness in him. Yeah. 
tell you what, nothing but respect for Fury after come after coming back and losing all that weight yeah. and getting back to fighting fit. Unbelievable. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. So what what's your what's your prediction? I think Wilder knockout. That's what my my uh, what round? Maybe like mid round because I think I think Fury will be evasive for a while and then mm. I think he might tire a little bit and then I think he'll just catch him and I think he'll just go. But I just I I really hope I'm wrong. I hope yeah. he just outboxes the shit out of him for twelve rounds and wins like massive points decision because I don't I don't know if he's got enough to. to Knock him out and hurt him. I don't know. We'll see. Because yeah, we'll, Wilder showed he can take. He took everything Ortiz had, and he was in trouble in that fight, and he got through that. So we know he can. He's got a chin, and he can fight. Um, what round are you seeing? I don't know. Mid rounds, five, six, maybe. I was about to see that. I but at the same I think time, six, six round, round I think six. It's really easy to underestimate how talented Tyson Fury is. Yeah, he is. He's so talented. Yeah. You know, he just made Klitschko look like shit, and I think if he can just. Do the same to Wilder, um, he's got a chance. So my prediction is Q from Wilder in round six against Tyson Fury. I hope I'm wrong. Just stole my prediction. But that <laughs> is my prediction. Yeah, Come on, Tyson, though. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'd love him to do it. I really want him to do it. I'll be gutted if he does lose. Gutted. But I just think it's the most predictable outcome. Because it's like I'm looking for that fight with um, him and Joshua because that's got to happen next, hasn't it? It can still happen even if Fury loses this fight. It can still go back and get the Joshua yeah, fight. I, I, I doubt it. Why? Because I think if you think about it, he's, it'll be coming off a loss. His confidence is, will be knocked and it almost makes it more lucrative for Joshua then because I think we all know like Hearn is trying to just get him as many fights as he can to earn as much money as he can before he takes yeah. the risky one against Wilder. So if Fury loses and he gets stopped or knocked out maybe badly by Wilder and then he goes back to England, it's like, all right, now is the time to fight him. And I think yeah. they would take it. And right. it's still a massive fight yeah, even if is. he loses to Wilder. I love what I love what Eddie Hearn's done there with Usyk. The, the, Usyk's just boxed Tony Bellew. Mm -hmm. Just announced his retirement today. Good friend of mine, Bellew, great guy. And Speaking of um, Danny Price, he, he fought both of them two in the amateurs as well, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. So Usyk and Bellew. Yeah, Danny beat Bellew, I think it might have been twice or once. He beat, beat Bellew, he beat Deontay Wilder, he boxed Usyk, he lost on points. Uh, yeah, he was a great fighter, Danny Price. Uh, so, yeah, what Usyk fought with Bellew, and obviously Usyk won, and now they're building, even though Usyk's a cruiserweight, they're trying to build him up to be a heavyweight. Mm. Reason being is now they've got negotiation power when it comes to the fight, the winner of Fury Wilder, which is very smart. Yeah. You know, because who else is there? Yeah. Usyk's just fought Bellew in one of the, well, a massive, massive card. Got a bit of, bit of a household name now in the UK. So now it's like, all right, well, if you don't fight him, we're going to fight him. Yeah. So I've got a couple of clients who really believe that Usyk will beat Joshua. Did did Usyk uh, fight at heavyweight in the amateurs? Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. He, and he, he came fought, down? Well, 91 kilograms, which is like heavyweight. You've got super heavyweight. Super, yeah. So it was like, yeah. It was like right, right. 100, 105 pound, I think. Or 205 pound. 200, yeah. 205 pound, right, yeah. Right, right. Which is cruiserweight limit, I think. In yeah, it, 205. But yeah, it'd be interesting if he does step up, like see if he can handle that size difference. I just think Joshua would be too big for him. I think he'd overpower him and just be too big. Yeah. And Good then, fight, though. I'd love to see that fight. And then Garcia's Two fighting. Two gold medalists. Yeah. Garcia fighting um, Errol Spence. Yep, that's a great fight. Did you see the, the funny Instagrams about the size difference? Which one? Someone shrunk Garcia even smaller <laughs> and blew up Errol Spence because it was a massive size difference. Right. 
<laughs> it just looked really funny. It looked made Garcia look about four foot, and Errol Spence looked really big. Um, but that's a fucking great seen, fight. Can't I, wait for that one. I seen the one where someone's here. It's it's Garcia with big massive pair of balls and a wheelbarrow. Yeah, wheeling it. Really seeing Garcia on the wheel on the wheel at the press conference. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's a great fight. Um, I think um, Pacquiao Brown is a good fight in January too. Yeah, he's getting oh, a lot. Yeah, of, I love that fight. He's getting a lot of shit because they supposedly passed the best or whatever. But that's a great fight. I, love I can't that wait fight. to see that fight. Yeah, that, that's that's so, such a good fight. And I'm, people I'm, just loving him on like always. I'm I mean. picking. I'm picking Bruno for that. Really? Yeah. I think. I think Pacquiao will smash him. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Look who's just walked in. <laughs> that's weird, Mr. Rush. That's really weird. I know. Let's get him on. So this is weird. We're just talking about Pacquiao. And then his former sparring partner just walks into the gym as we're talking about it. He's not just Pacquiao, he's just sparring partner. He's uh, he's, he's br- Broner's boy. He's Broner's boy. Get on That's this. That's all I am to you all now. Cincinnati. Yeah, you're not my boy. Where you been all my life? Get on here, Rashad. Have you got time? Yeah, let's go. Come on, why not? We're just talking about Pacquiao, bro. Brothers, man. How are you, man? Just got back in town two days ago. Really? Yeah. Jump on this. Okay. Tell us what's going to happen. Huh? Tell us what's going to happen. So this is Mr. Holloway. Short Holloway. He's been in the podcast before. Let me just figure, figure this shit out. Uh, he's been in the head trainer before. for Tony Ferguson. No. Oh yeah. In UFC. The headphones might not work, but the mic will work. Let's try this. Go on. Uh, speak. Yo. Wait, I've got to press this one. Yeah, go on now. Can you hear me? No, it's not working. Uh, yeah, Rashad. If you never listened to that episode with Rashad, Rashad's the fucking man. Yeah, go on the archives and listen to that episode. Class. Give him this one. Give him this one. Yeah. Go on. Go on, pull that one. You fix that one. Rashad, how's it going, my mate? Good, man. Good to see my brothers again. I know. Where you been? You've been hiding. All over the place, man. Traveling, traveling. You have? Yeah, literally. I just got back the day before yesterday. Yeah? Hey. Where you been? Ohio a lot. Yeah. Ohio and Florida a lot. So Rashad, like Glenn said, his boys from Cincinnati with Adrian Bruno were just talking about that fight uh, just before you come in, Rashad. Yeah. Get that one, Glenn, that one. Them headphones will work there. Yeah. You get you one. Yeah, so what's going to happen with this fight with this Bruno and, and Pacquiao? Because I know you've done lots of spawn with Pacquiao as well. Yeah. So tell me about it. I, I see Pacquiao winning this fight. Really? Yeah, dominating. Yeah. I mean, it's just styles make fights. Um, I think Adrian, I was just talking, as a matter of fact, I just left home. I left Cincinnati two days ago, and I was just talking to Coach Mike Stafford, who trained Adrian his whole life. And um, we were in the gym, and I told Coach Mike, I said, look, Adrian's got to go back to the basics. Yeah, uh, no, I can't hear me. Yeah, he's got to go about the basics. He's got to go back to the basics. I'm like, I, I was talking about it. I said, Adrian, Adrian, like right now, he's fighting off ability and 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 no 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 skill, like no technique. Like he he lost everything that he once had, and it's just, I think part of his laziness and two is just as fighters, like everybody knows. Even you can say like when you when you box for a while. Like, after a while, you get away with things and it, you just do what's easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you don't think now he's fighting, now he's fighting Pacquiao, he's going to step his game right up? I think he's going to train hard. Adrian always trains hard. Adrian's a dog. He trains hard. Yeah, yeah, he goofs off. He fucks around. You know, he messes up. But at the same time, like Adrian always works hard. It's just, 
if you if you notice, if you really know boxing, you can see right now Adrian can't put more than two punches together at a time without falling off balance. Yeah. And the reason is because he's on he's on his front leg too much. He leans over on his front leg. He doesn't go back to his back leg at all. Watch any of his fights. After one or two shots, he falls in every time. So if you off balance, you can't put two, three, and four punches together. And right. that's that's what's going on. I th- I think I think Braun's better than Jeff Horn. And I think Jeff Horn beat, well, he did beat him officially, but everyone said he didn't. But I thought he did beat Pacquiao. Yeah. Like so, you said, styles make fights. Styles make fights, yeah, they do. But I, I'm picking Bruno for this fight. I really am. I mean, I wish, like, like it's it's a hard one for me because Manny's, Manny's, uh, I mean, that's Manny, you know what I mean? We go so far back, but Adrian's like family. Like, he's been around me since he was a baby. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I'm rooting for Adrian. Like, I want to see him win. And I'm just rooting for a good fight. I really want to see Adrian win because I know at the end of the day, Pacquiao's on his last leg. Yeah. Listen, he made his legacy. I would like to see Adrian really step up and do what he was once, you know, what he what he was once supposed to do. Yeah. But he's got to go back to the basics. He's 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 fell apart as far as fundamentally, and that's why he's losing these fights. Like guys like Jesse Vargas, he shouldn't have lost to a lot of these guys. But like I said, if you really look at the fights, Adrian's falling off balance. Like like he can't even throw a double jab in the right hand. He can't put them together because his balance is off. Right. He's got to fix his feet. If he fixes his feet. He could possibly win a fight, but it's got to literally just be drilling the basics because Pacquiao, he preys on guys that sits there flat-footed, yeah. leans on their front leg. All Pacquiao's going to do is just box circles around. He's too quick on his feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Adrian's stuck in the mud waiting on one or two big shots, and it'll never happen with Pacquiao. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about Tony Ferguson. Why are we here? So you're training to Tony Ferguson now, Richard's background boxing, uh, former uh, top amateur boxer then professional boxer uh, but now you're training Tony Ferguson mm-hmm. you've been in these corner for his last what three fights is it? No I've been oh god I think more than five fights now nice oh, I've had in like five years four, almost five years what's what's happening with Ferguson? We're just waiting um, I just saw him when I got back who's he going to fight? Like, oh, Khabib we want Khabib Khabib yeah I mean this would be this would be the fifth fight like this would be the fifth oh, yeah. time getting ready for Khabib like, that's right man. I trained Tony three times getting ready for Khabib and it's like it's like that fight that Never happens. Something always happens. But Khabib, Khabib even said it. Khabib said Tony's his toughest fight by far. Tony says Khabib's his toughest fight by far. We want Khabib. That's a fight. That's a great fight. Because, you know, I mean, Conor's not in the mix now. But I think Tony... Conor's always in the mix. Con- no, like, no, I mean, for Khabib. Yeah. But, but for Tony, I think uh, that's a great fight for, for Tony as it's well. It's only two fights. Conor or Khabib. Conor's the money. That's yeah. the money fight. And Khabib really didn't capitalize off the Conor fight, if you think about it, because the, all the hoopla that happened after the fight, Khabib should have been on Jimmy Kimmel and everything else by yeah. now. That's usually what happens when you beat the star of the sport, right? right? But what happened is he ruined it. He tarnished it by that. So now it's like he made himself the bad guy. Right. So now if Tony got got McGregor, he beats McGregor, now he's a face. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a face of MMA, no black eye, and then Khabib is the official champion. Then we fight Khabib. Yeah. Like, so, like I said, Connor's the money. That's the money guy, and then Khabib is the champion. So either fight. Yeah, exciting. Exciting. Are you, are you liking MMA now these days? I respect it. You know, yeah. it's still, it's still, it's not our world. You know what I mean? You yeah. know it. You, you yeah. look, you train Brandon. You know what I mean? You were right there training Brandon Schaub in big fights. Like, it's, it's a different world. I respect it a lot. How the, much more professional is it, though? Like, no, when you go in the events, I organize the arts. Yo, it's it's it. amazing. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, but, like, 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 bro, like, I promise you. Like, their events are like, 
it's so structured. Yeah. Everything is sound. Every like you got you got press times, but I'm gonna tell you what though, they pimp the hell out of their fighters though. Yeah. UFC pimps their fighters. Yeah. They make those guys fight week, get up eight thirty AM um press conference, um, twelve AM um or twelve or twelve twelve in the afternoon, um, phone calls overseas, yeah. one o'clock media workouts every day they got a chart and it's like, yo, these guys are getting ready for the biggest fights of their lives the week of the fight and you got them doing obligations four days out of the week. Yeah. But 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 on the on the flip side that's what they need to get the money. But, you know? but, but, but this that's is the problem. The, that's the thing, what's wrong with boxing? Yeah, it's true, but guess what? This thing, you're 100% right. Boxing needs it because people actually know who the fans are. They know who the, yeah. they know who the MMA guys are, the UFC guys. In boxing, people outside of boxing don't really know who they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But those guys don't make the money they should. Like, like look oh, at yeah. it. Like, like Dana, White, Dana White's pimping those guys. Like, like Reebok. Reebok has come in, gave Killed UFC it. all that money, and then they're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to give the fighters, oh, top-level fighters, we're going to give you 40 grand for wearing Reebok stuff. Yeah. That's no money. Like, yeah. they, they took away their sponsorship money and everything. Mm. You know what I mean? I remember Venom was getting well over 100 grand of exactly. fighting sponsorships before Reebok came in. I think when Reebok came in, 15, like 15 was, or 10. I think it was less. It was, I think it was 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? No, oh, yeah. Wait, that's 90 grand less of exactly. a fight. Exactly. And, and, and they said, that's why I say they pimped the fighters. So even though it's so organized, at the end of the day, they're pocketing all the money. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. That's why they can afford to get fight bonuses and stuff like that because they're making a killing. Right. Yeah. Making a killing, but they're very well structured and I respect it a lot. Yeah, great, love it, Rashad. Great having you here, mate. Great seeing you again, it's my mate. Uh, and that's it for the end of the podcast. We're doing an hour and a half there before you come in. Okay, so uh, thank you for listening. And if you've got any questions, you can send them to Glenn on Instagram. And he'll probably not, he'll probably not get back, yeah, because he's too cool. For that shit <laughs> six now. figure Glenn, yeah, six figure Glenn. <laughs> and thank you for watching. Till next time, we'll see you later.